You can't replace part of the brain. Like, you treat them the same. The source of truth for the medtech industry. Coexists with the province. Robot understands things automatically. Number one show in the medtech industry. So Stryker got ahead of that and changed in the 90s, built a billion dollar company that helped apply a lot of things. State of medtech with your host, Omar M. Khatib. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show and uh, another rep life, another rep life episode. Quick side note, a couple of quick side notes. Number one, I love the Presence Club series, but I'm getting busier. I'm actually looking for a host. So if you know somebody who's going to be, who would be a great host for that, I'm kind of interviewing, letting different people uh, uh, host their own episode. If you think, if you know somebody who's really good, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know who that is or comment below in YouTube or Spotify. The other side of that is I want to do a plug for my program, Medical Sales Network Effects Program. Uh, you can get a sizable discount while it's still active, I think, in the show notes below. And aside from learning how to, and this is a self-paced course, so you have access to this content indefinitely. Um at least as long as I'm alive and I'm paying Kajabi. <laughs> but um you know, aside from learning how to uh, persuade and sell using uh, social media and LinkedIn, email, um, there's a great VIP group uh, that you get to connect and network with people. Plus, we do weekly calls. Um, sometimes, some weeks I'm busy where I actually, I'll even put my, my personal meeting link if somebody needs access to me. Um, but what I'm starting to get is a lot of requests from CEOs and early stage startups for who I would recommend for my program. And so uh, in, an, in a funny way that I was not, I guess I, uh, it's not that surprising, but it's kind of become like a, a, a recruiting place. So, you know, it's a great place for you to get placed into companies. Um, I know some people have been hired out of there uh, already. Plus for myself, I'm starting, I will, my company works with early stage companies all the time and I need help. And so I'm looking at people in that program, almost like consultants where, you know, I can pay them uh, for like some nights and weekends to help uh, with some of the projects. So invest in yourself. You never go wrong with that investment and just uh, join the program. If you have questions, let me know. So I want to talk about a, a topic that I never, you know, I, I've been wanting to talk about for a while, which is, um, why you should be proud to be a medical sales representative, a med rep, right? Because I think it's the most underappreciated job. And the reason why I say that is that you watch uh, things like Netflix. I think there was a show, it was called Painkiller. Um, those are really pharma reps. But, you know, the general public, when they think of medical sales, they loop pharma in there and they think of people who are, you know, just trying to make a buck and pushing things, et cetera. What they don't see is that innovation and challenging the status quo starts with med reps, okay? And the reason why is that it's not gonna start with physicians. While physicians and clinicians are the ones who adopt the technology, they are taught to be dogmatic and to follow a standard, right? Because if you don't follow a standard, you can kill somebody and you will be ostracized by your peers. So to find a, a, a physician who's really innovative, willing to put their risk their neck, it's really difficult. And so med reps are the tip of the spear when it comes to changing healthcare, if you think about it. You as a medical salesperson, get in your car, you spend hours away from your family, time away from them to be on the road, 
to be trying to break into hospitals uh, to to speak to a clinician about a new uh, device or technology that's going to make a procedure better, provide better patient outcomes. You have to convince them to try and use these things, even though sometimes maybe there's there's not like mounds of clinical evidence, but nothing ever does have mounds of clinical evidence at the beginning, right? Um, you deal with uh, uh, office staff who sometimes, if not all the time, are really abusive and very rude to you and will put you down and, you know, they might as well just spit in your face, right? But you still carry on and push through because you believe in the product that you're selling. You believe in its impact on patient care and the uh, influence it will have in the operating room you know, adopted, the, the job does not stop there. You are there showing up for early mornings to support cases, to help provide the best support and con consult so that the surgeon and the team uh, get this great outcome. And you're that unsung hero. You, there are no awards. The hospital's not gonna give you any awards. There are no awards to med reps about this. Um, and so I wanted to just like quickly, you know, cover that because I think many of you who are out on the road, um, you might see shiny objects like working in big tech or real estate and making all this money. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You should want to make more money. You absolutely should. But at the same time, you should be proud of what you do because what you do is something that not, not everybody is, uh, you know, not everybody's fit to do, right? There's a certain level of intelligence, um, uh, gr grindness, right? Uh, um, Grindness is not the word I'm looking for. Um, resilience, right? Grit. There we go. There's a certain level of grit, resilience, and intelligence needed to be a medical salesperson. And you do that day in and day out. And some of you have been doing this for 10, 20 years, which is really impressive. And, you know, there's some days where, where you're in your car and you're driving an hour you know, away to some rural account. Maybe you flew in even and you're in the, you're in the middle of nowhere. It's snowing. It's a blizzard. And yet you are, you are doing whatever it takes to make sure you make it to a case and support it. And the case may not even go through, but you're making sure that you're there to, to do it. And I think that there's something to be appreciated. The fact that when we, you know, when we go to a hospital as a patient, you know, we're all at some point, we will be a patient or somebody we love is going to be a patient. And some device is going to save somebody's life to make their life better and everything. You can thank a medical sales rep for that device because there is it took a med rep to push through the boundaries of the of, of of the status quo, to challenge the status quo, to fight for the fact that they believe that this device, this new technology is going to do better for the patients. And then they have to convince a highly skeptical clinician to adopt it. And then they have to work to make sure that the clinician uses it to, to be successful with it. You know, there are all these different things that go into it. And so you guys are really the unsung heroes of the industry. And I think that uh, not enough uh, praise is given to you for what you do. And if, um, as, as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm, I've always believed in this. And if anything, I'm going to be a lot more vocal about it this year, which is, you know, I believe that med reps should be paid more money. You know, um, I had Steve Bell on the show recently, who was the chief commercial officer about, of over at uh, CMR Surgical, the robotics company. We talked about this, which is me personally, you know, I don't know how you can expect somebody to do a great job and to uh, be fully engaged, engaged if they're getting paid, you know, what? 60, 70 K, you know, with some commission, 
right? And if you're a young person who's single in their 20s, like that might work. But many of you have families and everything. And so me personally, um, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, I just know I want to do it and I will do it, which is I'm going to find a way to campaign in our industry to hopefully influence companies to pay you more money. Now, I think the, the give and take behind that is that perhaps maybe there's lower commissions, right? But I think that many of you, um, if you had, let's, I'm, I'm kind of making this up on the fly, but many of you might have, you know, an 80K a year salary. I personally think that many of you should have maybe 120, 130, 140K salary with, with a bonus or commission structure. That way you're really focused on what's most important, which is not just the driving of adoption, but the utilization side, the customer success side. I think we really need to talk about innovating and changing our industry for that case. And, you know, kind of, I'm going off on the tangent here, but, you know, I was, um, I was at AdvaMed last year and I watched, uh, Ashley McAvoy of J&J, Jeff Martha of Medtronic and Kevin Loeb of Stryker on stage talk about this. And they talked about like, uh, hiring talent and everything. And one of the things they mentioned, which I kind of disagree with is that like, you know, people come and work in this industry because of the impact you make and everything. While I absolutely agree that that is true, that's not enough. Like, you know, I know. I can think of two extremely talented people who left the industry because there wasn't enough money and opportunity. One of them is Chris Walker, which that I think worked out very well because he went and started Refine Labs, which is the world's greatest uh, demand gen agency. The other guy who is synonymous with solopreneurship, Justin Welsh, you know, went and worked in software and then started his own thing. Um, I was almost one of those people, but I came back to the industry because I just I saw beyond. The forest. I saw. I saw beyond the. I saw the forest beyond the trees, and I knew there's a lot of opportunity here. But it's not enough just to say, "Hey, we're going to retain really talented people because, like, we're you know we're very mission driven and we have we help patients. People got to make money. You know, at the end of the day, you got to take care of your family and you want to live a comfortable life. You know, and so for all the things a medical device rep deals with, okay, let's let's listen to things. You know, it's a like mentally challenging job, right? Not everybody can do it. It's very intellectually challenging. It's a physically demanding job. There's, you know, you spend time on the road, which by the way, there's all kinds of health health implications on that when you're having to travel so much, sleep in hotels, all these different things, you know, being in the OR all day long. Like this, this, this where this puts some strain on your body, right? And so I personally believe that we need to come up with a new model of compensation for reps. And I don't think I'll be able to influence that at the level of a Medtronic, but I know I can influence that at the level of an early stage startup, which is really my world, right? And so, um, but all that to be said, like, I, I just want you to know that what, you're, what you do for a living matters a lot more than you realize. It, you know, when you, again, when you go into a hospital and God forbid if it's you or a family member, and a life-saving technology is used, a device is used, even if you go for, you know, some orthopedic procedure and this new type of implant gets you back to as normal as possible, you can thank a rep somewhere out there in the world who fought and clawed to challenge the status quo and persuade and convince clinicians that what we're doing is just not good enough and we could do better, right? So keep at it. And for those of you that are grinding out there, just know that there are opportunities for you uh, beyond the rep life, right? Some of you, again, like rep life, not everybody's cut out to do it for many years. I mean, look, for me, 
uh, I wasn't cut out for it. At some point, I had different interests and I wanted to go in-house uh, on the strategic side. But you know, just know that the time that you're putting in right now, it will uh, it will compound and put you in a position of leverage. Whether that's uh, you consulting, being a 1099 rep, there's just opportunities. And, I th and what I would encourage you, especially if you're a listener of the show, is that you're listening because you are interested in developing yourself and uh, moving beyond just being just being you know a rep, right? And so I think that the more creative you are about leveraging LinkedIn, networking with people, etc., the better off. Um, I want to start putting together some uh, in-person events this year throughout the country. Um, we'll see how I do that. I think we're starting SoCal, but if any of you inter are interested in doing that with me and collaborating, helping, please reach out to me. So with that being said, if you if you enjoyed this episode and you felt like it helped you, feel like it can help somebody else, please forward this on to somebody else uh, and help help a rep in need. So with that being said, I will see you all next time. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Bye for now. Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of The State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show, or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at Take care and we'll see you next time.